0: take one first step. A lot of people are afraid to do that if they haven't figured it all out. But there's so much joy in the problem solving around how do I take the second step and the third step and the fourth step.
1: That's Serena Keith, co-founder and CEO of Me360. B360 is an online platform that uses live personalized training to help leaders build essential skills for positive impact on their teams and their business. On this episode of Think Like a Founder, we talk about finding the motor for your motivation, joining the Model UN, and having a filter for bad advice. Serena, you know, you come from a long line of female sculptors, but never considered yourself very artistic, which kind of surprises me. During the pandemic, you've started wire sculpting. Tell us more about how you've been spending your time this year in particular.
0: Yes, I do come from a long line of very strong, very artistic women. I never really had a craft or an artistic hobby growing up. I think maybe that's because I'm so on the go. Very fast-moving, can't really sit still. During the pandemic, to be honest, I've been working a lot, but also have needed to carve out time for patience and calm. And so I decided to give sculpting a try.
1: And it's been really fun. So some of the times when I try to describe how a founder thinks or feels, it is like an artist that there is an urge that you have to do something, an itch that you have to scratch. So do you agree with that as a founder yourself?
0: A hundred percent. And actually, now that you mention that and, and play that back to me, with sculpture, it was kind of the same thing. I just had this itch. I was like, let me see. I want to try this thing. And then I got a little bit into it, looked it up online and was like, whoa, these are so cool. How can I do this? How can I start this? And now my bedroom is filled with lots of little wire sculptures.
1: What was your aspiration or what was it when you were a little kid that was that itch that you wanted to scratch?
0: I was a very imaginative kid. I think I was constantly trying on different identities and I wanted to be everything at one point as a kid. My parents always told me that I would be a lawyer. I was very argumentative with them. And so I kind of got it in my head that maybe that would be the path that I would go down. I also, at one point, I got excited about having a career that could be more international and travel focused. I joined Model UN in middle school. Wasn't really sure how I could make a career path out of that necessarily. I ended up exploring the the law path, though. I actually applied to law school, was accepted, and then deferred by sort of a random set of circumstances, join a startup for a year. I had a friend convince me to join his startup and defer law school for a year and i think at that point had also doubts about whether law school was going to be high energy enough and fast moving enough and then really fell in love with honestly the energy the pace and the ability to just throw myself fully fully into a company building experience and i've been hooked ever since i never did make it back to law school
1: Before Serena made her leap into the world of startups, she studied political, economic, and social theory in college. As part of her senior year research thesis, she traveled to Indonesia for what would be an eye-opening experience.
0: I had an itch to go to Indonesia, and I don't know how to really describe why I was pulled in this direction, but what had happened in Indonesia was there had been a tsunami a couple years prior. And I was really curious to know what happens to an international development effort once it leaves the news cycle. And this was like three years later. And I was able to get a little bit of funding to go explore. And it was fascinating. I mean, it was so messy and it sort of, I think through a series of very open-ended questions brought me down a path and to a... Topic that I didn't go in expecting to find out about. And it was fascinating. And I think it was a really good life lesson for me that, um, I don't know, keeping an open mind and figuring out what the story was going to be. I think I apply some of that probably to product building.
1: Like determining beforehand or knowing what it is, even if you do know something about it, to be able to turn that off and be totally journalistic about the story.
0: Yeah, totally. You saw the landscape and it was in tatters partially from my perspective, but holding back my own opinion and letting other people who lived their way in on what their experience was and their expectations were really shaped the narrative in a way that was more, I think, honoring of what was going on from their experience, who were the heart of the story and not my own.
1: Now, do you think you learned how to do that or was there an instinct in that direction?
0: I'm very curious, naturally. Also, I wanted to go in with some humility. This is a place I'd never been. This is a place that didn't have a lot of tourists. So I stood out like a sore thumb. I didn't want to be that Western jerk coming in to tell the story that I wanted to tell. I mean, it just seemed so crazy. So, And I think I got a lot more out of the experience as a result of that and ended up writing about a topic and sort of an intersection point around the tsunami. And there was sort of like a power vacuum that arose as a result of this chaos that I I wouldn't have known anything about otherwise unless I'd kept a really open mind.
1: Serena approaches problem solving and product building with the same curiosity and open-mindedness she developed abroad. She went on to found Me360, an online platform that teaches practical skills to leaders and managers. I asked her about that journey.
0: I told you a little bit about how my career actually panned out versus how I thought it was going to pan out, which is that I kind of jumped into a very messy startup environment almost at the beginning of my career and have stayed there ever since. And as a result, found myself maybe unusually in leadership positions very early on without a lot of support and sort of realizing that my intuition and my social skills didn't fully translate into being an effective manager or leader or collaborator. And I really needed those skills. I really, really needed those and struggled without them and I think had the self-awareness because it wasn't awkward to be 23 and say, I don't know how to do this. I wasn't ashamed to admit that I needed to learn that, but also couldn't find great support I had taken a couple of trainings and courses and things like that around various management and leadership skills. One experience I had was the last startup I worked on was bought by a company that was based out of Atlanta, and that's where they hosted all of their trainings. And so you'd have to get on a plane, go there, sit in a room, learn something, and walk away with like a binder or a set of sticky notes of the things that you needed to go implement back home. Not only seemed silly, but also really challenging to actually pull off. And I got excited about, there were so many meetings that were now taking place online and remote work. How could we bring training into the actual work that's happening and sort of build it around how you're actually behaving at work, not how you're told you might behave when you're sitting in a classroom learning about certain skills. And I stumbled across a couple of companies that had obviously been doing this for you know customer support. You know This call is being recorded for quality assurance. And that kind of sensibility, this is the by far the most effective way to have people learn. Why aren't we doing this for the highest paid people inside of companies who have the most ripple effect across the organization and culture? So I wanted to build the equivalent for leadership and management skills. I started Me360 out of a really strong desire to make accessible for people who are movers and shakers, figure out... How to develop these core people skills and these leadership skills that really are the infrastructure for any successful company when the market has been so focused on the functional and the technical skills for a long time? We don't have an equivalent to really build out the tissue part of companies that are going to make us all successful and healthier and happier working together.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And this is before COVID.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. But way before COVID. Yeah. Really great timing. I mean, the world had already been moving online though. I mean, so much work had become remote, but it massively accelerated that trend, of course.
1: When you think about people out there or somebody who's listening right now, and they have some sort of alignment with some of the things that you're saying, what advice would you give them? Take a first
0: step. Take one first step. I think... A lot of people are afraid to do that if they haven't figured it all out, but there's so much joy in the problem solving around how do I take the second step and the third step and the fourth step and to make that a challenge that you run towards, not run away from. But I think to just get going and what can you carve out to then... Feel what it's like to be in the driver's seat of an initiative that is messy, but that you want to see a version of come to life. Then I would say, own it. Own that you're a founder. Own the thing that you're doing, because I do think at a certain point, if you do get going, you're going to get lots and lots of advice from people. And I think it's really important to keep in mind that advice is free, so you're going to get a lot of good advice and a lot of bad advice, but you need to set up a really good filter. You are here to be a founder and to define something that hasn't been built in this world. And so to just become an advice receiver and implementer is really to look a lot more backwards than it is to look forwards. At least for me... You need the motor attached to your boat that's gonna keep you going through what is really, really, really hard. Bringing something in the world that doesn't exist and convincing a lot of people and just getting on people's radars, all of that stuff can be really challenging. And so I think there needs to be a motor that is whatever the core is of your motivation. And so if that's passion to solve a problem, that's great. If it's making money, that's great. If it's both, that's great. And just locating that is so important.
1: So one of the things we talk about is create a mental advisory board, like your own advisory board, instead of being told to talk to people, like who has given you good advice, who is interested in the topic. They don't have to be on paper that they're on your board, but say there's four or five people that you enjoy having lunch with and you can have a conversation with them about something. And the common denominator is that they're interested in the brick wall you're trying to tear down.
0: Yeah, they are on your team because they want the world to move in the direction that you're trying to pull it in.
1: Because it can be lonely.
0: Yes, <laughs> being a founder is uh, can be desperately lonely. I don't know if people talk about that quite enough. It's lonely in a lot of different ways. And I've got incredible friends I've got a really great partner, and I feel really well supported. And on paper, it would look like I was really well supported, but I definitely reach those really lonely pits. I guess from an advice standpoint, it is really important to identify a support system, call it out and be aware that it's something that you're gonna need to tap into, and there should be no shame in that. So I was a solo founder for a year and a half on Me360 and then I was joined by, I now have a co-founder who's wonderful, who I worked on a previous startup with, but that wasn't part of the plan, that was more timing. It's been incredible to share the weight and collaborate together and I do think in our case, one plus one equals three and that in and of itself is, I'm grateful for, but I don't know if you can solve loneliness. I don't know if the right solution to loneliness is a co-founder, but if you're going to have one, I think that you need to make sure that the base is incredibly solid or you're equally committed to building that base.
1: So what does keep you going?
0: We talked about this before. When you have an itch or a compulsion, the relentlessness sometimes comes really easily because you really, really, really want to solve a particular problem. Businesses of all sizes, and I mean, the stage of my business, it's early, is riddled with problems all over the place that are worth solving in sales, in marketing, in product, in technology, in hiring, in relationships, all this kind of stuff. I think you have to want to be down for that. You have to want to feel drawn to those big challenges. At least I do. I don't know what it would be like to wake up every day and sort of question whether I wanted to do that. There are always gonna be problems that are unglamorous to solve. And in those instances, I try to have a conversation with myself where I orient back to the motivation. What is it that I get if I can solve this? And how much weight do I put on that? And that's gotta be really high, and it is. So I keep going. <music>
1: That was Serena Keith, co-founder and CEO of Me360. 360. Me360 360 is an online platform where leaders and managers can learn the practical skills they need to lead effectively. And that was our last episode for season two of Think Like a Founder. We'll be back next year for season three. And in the meantime, we've recently launched our Think Like a Founder leadership curriculum modeled on how founders think, it's focused on problem-solving and behavior change within established companies. Learn more by clicking on the link in the show notes or reach out by email to info@snpnet.com. Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roshin Hunt. Sound design by Mark Ream. Creative producer, Eli Shell. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan. Production coordination, Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena Persiani Shell, John Hughes, and Ren Vara. This is Think Like a Founder.